Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me tonight I have Logan. Yeah, good evening, Alex, and good evening, everybody. Uh, it's a bit of a mixed emotion this week, and we'll start off with uh, commiserations and, and our heartfelt um, thoughts and, and, and feelings go out to Ryan Mason, who's had to announce his retirement from football this week, uh, unfortunately not recovering from that head injury um, against Chelsea at the start of last year. Logan, um, obviously pretty disappointing news and pretty sad news to get, I think it was uh, yesterday or, or Tuesday even, uh, and it, it really sort of brings everything into reality it sort of um, you know it gives you a bit of perspective about football when something like that happens yeah totally I think Ryan Mason is a fantastic player and, and such a young player as well he had such a promising career and obviously we didn't uh, get to see as much from him as, as he kind of displayed at, at Spurs uh, but we were obviously aware of his talents and the fact that he was our record signing kind of shows the uh, the faith that we put in him and I think that uh, the the whole city fans are, are as uh, distraught for him as they are um, for the prospects of what it would be for for him to compete. But at the end of the day, uh, there's bigger things in life than football, and uh, yeah, we're certainly send him um, our, our best wishes and um, whatever he he does go on to, uh, he, he will certainly be missed by the whole fans. But uh, you know, as we said, that's certainly uh, a much much more important thing from from this side of the fence that that he takes care of himself and goes on to live a, a long and happy life. Yeah, absolutely. And with the birth of a child recently, as you say, there are more important things than football and his health is a number one priority. Um, we might, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail when we preview the Chelsea game because of the obvious connection to that match. But we'll, we'll go on to uh, happier thoughts for now with uh, a pretty um, remarkable win against Forrest, really, against all the odds. We saw the lineup, and it was such a youthful lineup. And uh, to see Wilson starting keen up top as well, especially, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of hope for going into the game, at least from my point of view. And then to walk away not only with a 2-0 win, to, to score two goals, but also to keep a clean sheet was pretty remarkable. We see it so often in football, don't we, where those kind of games that you just can't see any possible way uh, that a team's going to come out and, and pull a victory. But especially as Hull fans, on the games we're expected to win, uh, we often find ourselves on the, the upsetting games. And I guess when you think about relegation, uh, the game that we lost to Sunderland uh, in last season, which pretty much uh, assured we were going down, kind of shows and I think that uh, the Nottingham Forest game had, had many similar kind of um, attributes in the in the sense that as you mentioned we didn't really give ourselves much hope but uh, I think perhaps that uh, the victory in the in the cup uh, a couple of weeks ago was probably the catalyst for um, for going there with such confidence and yeah the way that we played was um, you, you couldn't fault the lads. Uh, and I guess it was sort of a, uh, a mixed emotions at the start of the game. Terrell missing the penalty, which Wilson had won, and, and we'll talk about Wilson in a second. But uh, Terrell misses the penalty. We win a corner from the save, uh, and he immediately rectifies things by putting away the header. So uh, a bit of a, a mixed emotions to start the game for Terrell. One of the funniest things you can ever see is when a player misses a penalty like that, and um, often it has that, you know, the undesired effect where they'll go on and, and put their head down and fight really hard to kind of get themselves back into the game knowing what a crucial mistake it was but uh, to have the, the header immediately follow and get on the score sheet and rectify uh, the missed penalty uh, was was a fantastic confidence boost and I think from that point you, you never really got the feeling that uh, we were going to lose because it, you got the sense that it was certainly our day and it was so. 
Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, Forrest definitely looked the better team early where they seemed to have more of the momentum. But once we scored that goal, as you say, they just really sort of fell apart. And I know the fans sort of started to get a bit uneasy. They sort of became a bit restless. And really, that swing in momentum really helped us because we then went on and got a second through uh, Wilson, who scores on his, well, I guess, full debut for us. And, and he scores his first professional goal, which would have been remarkable for him. Oh, fantastic game from Wilson um, all round. And yes, as you mentioned, uh, for for his age, for his game one debut, everything about the, the game for him just uh, resonated strongly with the fans and, and the players as well to, to have that immediate impact, uh, particularly after our uh, very pessimistic wrap-up of our transfer window, <laughs> um, to see someone of that calibre come in and, and hit the ground running, which is exactly what we need. And I guess if there's something that we can be critical about the, the whole City side this year is that we haven't been able to hold on to a lead and that's probably uh, hasn't been the case over the last few years uh, particularly under Steve Bruce where you always kind of got the feeling if we took an early lead that would be a chance um, we played really well from in front so to kind of recapture some of that um, that kind of resilience in our defence on the weekend uh, was fantastic to see and hopefully is a, is a sign of things to come. Well, you touched on the defence there, and it wasn't just a fantastic performance from the players up front. Uh, and, and we should also mention Keane, to be honest, who had a, a great game leading the line. A lot of people were critical of him coming into the lineup because he just doesn't have a great reputation as a striker. He's not very prolific, but he, he had a fantastic game up front as well. Um, but our defenders as well were fantastic. Aina probably had one of his best games in a City shirt, so it's positive to see the team sort of starting to gel like that. Yeah, certainly. And I think that if we're going to reflect on, on Will Keane in particular, as you, you touched on, he obviously had an incredible uh, pedigree and was held in high esteem at Manchester United for them to, to show the faith that they did in him. And I know that he scored a, a lot of preseason goals and kind of looked uh, pretty promising. Unfortunately for uh, obviously the players that were starting ahead of him, he found it very hard to to crack into that squad. But to be given the opportunity that even though it was only a short time um, at City and then to find himself injured again, I think that we're being a little bit harsh in the sense that he hasn't really ever had that foothold to kind of uh, stamp his mark and get used to the championship football. So it's still very early days for him. And when we consider the position we're in, he is almost like a new signing as well. So it's great to have him back and incredibly positive to see the way and the manner he went about his business against Forest on the weekend. Uh, do you see this game potentially as a springboard to launch that survival bid? I mean, everyone, it's very easy to kind of get a bit of a knee-jerk reaction if we have a couple of losses. Everyone thinks, you know, we're going to come last, we'll get relegated. If we get a win, suddenly everything's positive again. So uh, trying to keep a longer-term view, it does, it does feel like a very positive result, but uh, are there signs of good things to come or do we need to see a few more results like that first? Uh, I, th- I think the the most pro- positive thing was actually the the fact that we were able to keep a clean sheet away from yeah. home. Um, the McDonald signing has uh, shaken up the, the kind of defence a little bit and um, you know by all reports, we, we hope it's a good one. It, it looks to be a positive one and um, I, I guess it's the, the million-dollar question. Um, this, this next few weeks, we'll kind of... Uh, show us exactly what it is that the the players have and what's kind of um, left in the in the arsenal, so to speak. But I certainly think that it's uh, we had to start somewhere. And one thing that we have become very accustomed to in the championship is you, you can't expect to beat anyone. And although we've had some uh, positive games in the in the last few weeks, we haven't always been on the receiving end of the uh, of the scoreboard or the right end, rather. So. It's certainly the start of something we can hope, but um, you know, I wouldn't be 
too disheartened if we were to, to pick up a loss or um, not go on a kind of six or seven game winning streak. But I think that we're, we're still a long way from, from where we need to be. But uh, if, if the signs on Saturday are anything to go by, then uh, we are heading in the right direction. And uh, our next stop in that direction is a game against Chelsea this Friday night or Saturday morning our time, which is in the uh, the next round of the FA Cup, which is uh, we've talked about previously when we were playing uh, the Forest, that it's a competition we like to see ourselves doing well in, uh, obviously fond memories from 2014, uh, and it's an exciting tie. It's always, I guess, the allure of playing in the Cups when you're in um, Championship or lower down that you can play these Premier League sides that you wouldn't otherwise get to play. Obviously, with it, it comes a televised game, which is, is obviously great for us over here in Australia. Uh, should be a great crowd coming out to cheers Saturday morning. So if anyone's listening in Sydney, try and get down. It should be should be a great atmosphere and really sort of recreate that that atmosphere from the 2014 final. But it's going to be a very tough game. Obviously, Chelsea not in great form, but still you know a level above us in in, in all aspects really. Uh, even if they are to play a, a sort of weaker side. Uh, so it's going to be a very tough test, especially with such a depleted defence. Um, so h- how do you see our chances in this one, Logan? I think it, like any cup tie, uh, you know that you know if you can you can go there and you can probably play uh, a little bit more freely than, than what you would if it was a, a league game. Uh, it seems surreal that, and I think it was January, the, the last time we played them, and it was a Premier League fixture, or last year, rather, um, uh, a Premier League fixture, to say that Chelsea are um, extremely um, far ahead of us as far as their, their ranking in English football goes now. Um, not that we were ever that close to them, but it certainly seems like a, a big uh, golfing class at the moment. However, um, as you mentioned, they haven't been in great form, and uh, you know, what's one of those tricky fixtures that I, I certainly think that they'll be very wary of, um, particularly after our result on the weekend. And they've got a couple of tough games coming up. I think they've got Barcelona in the Champions League uh, midweek next week and then a trip to Man United on the weekend, I think, or maybe they've got Man United at home. Um, so two very tricky tests coming up after the game against us. So I guess from their point of view, extra motivation to perhaps rotate the squad a little bit, freshen it up, which will obviously play into our hands a little bit. Yeah, you'd hope so, and I mean, if if Eden Hazard was to, to get given a rest, that would certainly be a, a step in the right direction for us. Uh, again, I, I don't think that as a, I guess as a club, we're we're very excited to have an opportunity, but I don't think it'll be the uh, end of the world if we we're not to be uh, progressing through the the cup. Obviously, that's the aim. Uh, but if it weren't to happen, I don't think that, um, given the situation the club's in at the moment and uh, all the things going on uh, on and off the field. Um, I think that this game is somewhat of a throwaway fixture or a free hit, if you will. And something that hopefully will fire the boys up, um, we we touched on at the start of the podcast, uh, Ryan Mason having to announce his retirement. It's uh, interesting timing in the sense that obviously um, the game against Chelsea was the game in which he had his injury uh, early last year. Um, So hopefully there's something... uh, to honour him and, and as a tribute to him from both teams before the game, uh, which would be great to see. Um, I guess, you know, without being too morbid, I just wanted to cast our minds back to, to when that actually happened and, and our first thoughts um, when he was injured. And I guess, I mean, my memories of it is, um, I remember I was watching the game on, on, a, on the train going into work and saw the collision with Cahill and, and didn't really think it was as serious as it ended up being. But seeing the reports afterwards and seeing uh, that he was he was essentially fighting for his life and, and realising quite how serious it was, it was... Uh, it was very sobering and it was a very sort of frightening uh, sort of experience um, to see because you don't see that 
you hope, hopefully you never see that with players, but you don't see that too often. I, I guess the last one I can think of is with um, Fabrice Muamba um, collapsing for Bolton. But um, yeah, it's obviously very um, frightening to see when, when a player goes down like that. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that we're, we're so accustomed to watching those regulation challenges of, uh, you know, a defender and attacker competing for the ball. And it, it did, on you know, on first glance, just appear to be yeah, another standard set of play. But uh, all, from all reports, the people who were at the ground uh, said they heard an incredibly loud um, loud noise. Uh, some people likened it to a car crashing. Um, it became very obvious um, that uh, when you're watching it on TV uh, that the fans all uh, looked pretty distressed about too and the concern uh, from all the players initially and I remember uh, there was some really positive reports about the care that was uh, shown to him instantly that is also something that we should probably mention as well but uh, just one of those things an incredibly uh, tough situation that was was nobody's fault and obviously had uh, um, you know dire consequences for for Ryan Mason but uh, I think that you know no no harm done I think Gary Cahill is probably the the person who is you know the most most apologetic and has been very vocal in his support um, for for Ryan Mason. So, you know, as we said at the start, um, we wish him all the best. And uh, yeah, it was a horrific incident that hopefully uh, we don't see too much more of. Yeah, it's always remarkable when players um, when, when when there is that sort of injury that players seem to have that sixth sense um, to know how serious it is. Because I remember at the time when he went down, Huddleston almost immediately was calling for the stretchers, was trying to help him. Um, and, and, and all that sort of thing, which, you know, um, watching the game, you don't necessarily think, oh, that's sort of that instant reaction. I guess, as you say, if there was that sort of horrific noise, perhaps that was a bit of a clue for them. Um, but, yeah, it was it was fantastic effort from the medical teams, from the players to, to really sort of help him. And, and um, seeing today also comments about Peter Cech afterwards, helping him with his recovery, it was really fantastic to see just how much... Um, togetherness and community spirit there is amongst the players when this sort of thing happens and of course Czech having his own uh, fractured skull and, and having issues with that uh, was perfectly placed to help Mason through that recovery process as much as possible. Yeah without a doubt and I think when you consider the severity of the, the injury as you said it wasn't necessarily a football injury uh, he, he was fighting for his life uh, when it's on that kind of scale um, all all those things about the you know, being in a game in a contest become uh, very unimportant. So you know, as I said, it's, it's been fantastic to see how he was looked after, and uh, the the process that was followed, and the fact that you know he's still here today uh, is is a very uh, positive positive thing for us and, and certainly the club. And so when he retired, Mason gave a bit of a speech to the dressing room, it sounds like, and hopefully he's um, he's still around the club and, and can really sort of contribute to morale as the season goes on. But um, I guess as a last point on Mason, it's it's great that it... Uh that it gives that sort of perspective and, and I think I saw the point made that hopefully it's sort of a wake-up call for some players that this is you know it's a very finite time that you have as a career and you don't know how long it's going to go for so you've got to make the most of it and we've been critical at times during the season of some of the loanees perhaps with uh, Hector, Aina perhaps not so much maybe that's more with the fact that he's quite young but the, the loanees sort of just sort of ambling through the season and not taking it too seriously sometimes. Um, potentially this sort of thing can be that wake-up call for them to really sort of pull the finger out and actually put in a pretty decent effort. Yeah, without a doubt. I think listening to Ryan Mason, if you were a player in the dressing room, then, you know, with, without a doubt that would have been somewhat touching. I, I know that he certainly um, was endeared uh, by the fans. Uh, there's a few calls for him on uh, Twitter and the, the forums I noticed this week for uh, people wanting to retire his jersey or suggesting that that would be 
the the right thing to do. Another shout I heard was for uh, someone wanted him to start the game against Chelsea and get subbed off immediately <laughs> so he could get the the, the farewell applause. Um, both incredibly <laughs> very questionable gestures, but it's really nice to see that uh, you know fans obviously hold him in in that high regard to be you know calling for those things, and uh, it's fantastic that in the short time that he was there, that had such a positive impact. Yeah, well, it would be appropriate against Chelsea given the the way that John Terry was uh, was sent off uh, at the end of last season with that substitution. So maybe they would be partial to that sort of thing. But uh, I hadn't seen that before. That'd be an interesting one. Um, I guess as a final thought on the game itself, though, what what would you take as a positive result out of this game? Um, perhaps a win's beyond question, but if we can restrict the, the score, whether we can score a goal ourselves, what, what would you sort of uh, be aiming for as a positive it's a great question, and I don't really know what I'm expecting or what I'm hoping for. I think I would be pretty content with a, a positive performance, and I'm not talking about the the positive Nigel Atkins uh, warm up routine. <laughs> it, it would certainly be if, if we can go there for 90 minutes and, and really have a um, you know a go at them, so to speak, and uh, cause their defence some some problems and kind of just force their hand a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I think that would be a, a positive sign. If you don't want to go to Stanford Bridge after the, the good work done last week against Forest and get rolled. I think that if we can keep the score relatively close, um, then that would certainly be a, a positive result. If we're to lose by one goal or so, um, you know, you'd probably take that. But uh, if it's a positive performance, then that, that could look like anything. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you there. I think if we can go out and, and you can almost sense at the start of the game how the team's mentality is for the game whether we sit back and defend I think would be pretty disappointing I'd, I'd love to see us sort of go out there and, and really have that positive sort of performance um, even if we do lose 2-0 3-0 whatever if we if we really go out and try and play the game in the right way try and score try and attack them rather than just sort of parking the bus I, I don't think that would be uh, a great look and a great performance so uh, hopefully we can sort of continue on with that positive mentality because uh, that would certainly help the team progress and, and really sort of fire us up for these last few games of the season and the other thing that you've mentioned earlier as well Alex is the the run that Chelsea have coming up uh, that very tricky fixture against Barcelona I think uh, the fact that they're not exactly where they would like to be placed in the Premier League uh, the FA Cup to them is probably the uh, maybe the trophy or the the cup that they've got their their eye on as far as any chance of silverware this year um, if they're being realistic although they'll you know, probably still fancy themselves as a chance in the Champions League. Uh, and, and I think that the fact that that is still kind of the, the carrot being dangled for them, uh, they'll put, play a, a pretty decent team and I think that they'll have a, a, a very large ambition to, to put us away. So it won't be easy, but like I said, if we go out and attack and, and have a go at them, um, you just never know what can happen. This game as quickly as possible. In towards the ash. Blocked on the line. Hernandez can't get there. So one of the games of the season last season, uh, we had the 4-2 result against Middlesbrough. Markovic getting the first goal for us in that one was a uh, pretty exciting game. Uh, I think we fell behind early to a Traore, uh, not a Traore goal, I think it was a Negredo goal in fact. Um, and then you know a couple of great perfor- performances from uh, Maguire for instance, I remember playing a few pretty fantastic through balls for our players as well. It was one of those games under Silver where everything just seemed to click and you really got that sense that potentially we could stay up, uh, even though unfortunately that wouldn't be the case. But uh, we face Middlesbrough again midweek next week. There's 
two teams that were relegated from the Premier League, uh, having different sorts of lives back in the in the Championship, even though both have changed managers. Borough now having Tony Pulis, which I, I, to be honest, didn't see coming. I really thought Pulis would stay in the Premier League, so to get him, uh, potentially a really good acquisition for them. Um, and then obviously us with Nigel Adkins uh, taking over as well. So it, it'll be an interesting affair um, this this coming week. So so how do you see this one? Yeah, as you mentioned, Middlesbrough have had a very slow start, and I think that they've they've kind of turned it around to certainly be sitting safely in uh, in the Championship ladder. Very different to the the fortunes of uh, Sunderland and ourselves. Uh, this is a really tricky one. I, I think that it's uh, from the the positive signs that we've seen against the against the pretty positive Leeds team and against Derby and uh, some of those kind of bigger clubs in the the prem, uh, in the Championship rather who find themselves towards the the top half of the table. Uh, we've we fared quite well against them and certainly been in the in the contest. So uh, I certainly think this game against Middlesbrough is, is well and truly um, within the realms of possibility of, of, of winning the game, uh, particularly given their fortune. But I just Middlesbrough are always a tricky fixture and they, they have been for, for quite some time. It seems that we either beat them by a substantial margin or, or they kind of you know do a number on us as well. And that's kind of rocks and diamonds uh, games we're accustomed to seeing against these guys. So I think it'll be a tough one. I, th- I think it'll be relatively low scoring, but, mm. um, you know, it, it was, it's certainly a, a very possible three points, particularly given the way that we played against Forest. Yeah, it does seem that both managers te- will tend towards uh, safety and defence first. So whether it's a nil-nil or a 1-0 either way, potentially is, is definitely a scoreline I could see coming. Um Borough have had a bit of a mixed bag of results lately. They've uh, beaten Reading, lost to Norwich, and drawn with Sheffield Wednesday in their last three games. But interestingly, they, they have a game against Cardiff this weekend before they play us. Um, uh, with both sides being out of the FA Cup, they, they've been able to play their championship game this weekend. So, uh, you know, there could be a few interesting uh, developments out of that game, whether injury, suspension, whatever, that could affect the game uh, midweek. It will be interesting to see. But... Um, yeah, as you say, it's always a bit of a mixed bag when we play Borough. Um, talking about the FA Cup, obviously, they were the side that we knocked off first on our run to the final back in 2014. So we, we have a, a decent record against them. Again, obviously, the, the 4-2 win last season. But then also last season was probably one of the worst games of football that I've seen us play. Uh, and one of the first games where I really sort of started to turn against Mike Field in, in um, probably the worst 1-0 defeat we've ever had um, in, a, in a pretty unimpressive um, game to watch. So, so yeah, as you say, a bit of a, a diamonds and rocks sort of situation where either it's a, it's a great performance and a great result or, or else we really sort of underwhelm. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's what makes it so difficult to call it, especially, as you mentioned, Pulis being the manager, um, one, a manager who's very well regarded for um, his defensive duties. I, I just think that uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game regardless, but... Uh, you know, as as I mentioned before, I, I still just don't think that there's a team, with the exception of Wolves, that we that we should be uh, fearful of. I think that they're probably on a different level, but everybody else is um is well and truly beatable, particularly with with the squad when it when it plays the way we know it can. And I think we've got Larson missing the Chelsea game with suspension, and obviously Aina, Hector, and Tomori can't play against Chelsea. So um, a chance that we've got a bit of enforced rotation, I suppose, uh, which should mean that we'll have a few players well-rested for the Borough game. Um, 
what what what's your take on the lineup for the two games? I mean, I guess we're sort of restricted for the Chelsea game in who lines up in defence. And uh, I mean, I saw a few, I saw a few tweets from Buckingham suggesting that Dawson may well be fit for the Chelsea game, which surprised me a little bit. I, I was under the impression, or at least it looked like from the club's tweets, that he might not be fit for that. In which case, we may well have uh, Claxton or some other junior player lining up in defence in that game. But uh, do you see us sort of going full strength against Chelsea and then rotating a bit against Borough or vice versa? Or, or what do you think we'll do with, with the lineups? I think that the other thing that we probably um, haven't even touched on just yet is the, the kind of the amount of players that we're starting to see return now. I know that Hernandez was back in training as well. Um, the other option that uh, we haven't even considered is uh, that David Myler may find himself um, filling in as a as a makeshift uh, right back uh, to you know in the in the Chelsea game. So if if Dawson is to be back, um, there's also Grzycki who who can't be too far off. Uh, the, the lineups, I, I really think that. Uh, whilst we'll put a competitive uh, team out against Chelsea, I think that that will probably be the the one of lesser importance. And I think that uh, the squad that uh, or the team rather that is selected for the Borough game uh, will probably be our better squad. And I think that this game against Chelsea will, will serve as a really good opportunity, as you mentioned, to to perhaps give one of those um, young guys like Claxton a, um, a burn against the big boys. Do you have a, uh, a score prediction for the Barrow game? I think I guess we've already 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 touched on the fact we think it'll be low scoring, perhaps a one nil either way. Uh, is that your sense? I, I think you, you you're spot on. I think it's going to be one nil to us. I'm gonna I'm gonna back it. So I've, I've just got this feeling that you know we might might turn the screws. Well, it'll uh, certainly be an interesting game. I suspect that the Barrow game, if we're going to see any joy this week, uh, it'll come in that game. Though, of course, who knows? Uh, as we've already touched on, Chelsea being a bit out of form uh, and, and the magic of the cup, anything could happen in that game. Do you have any final thoughts on either of the games? Um, uh, not, not really. I think that the, the Chelsea game will end up losing. I think that the, the Barrow game will sneak a win and I think that it'll be a um, uh, back to business as usual. I think if we take... Uh, we take three points this week and um, in in the league, and no points and don't progress through the cup. I think we'll be we'll be pretty happy with that that kind of result. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Well, cheers. Thanks for joining me tonight, Logan. Not a problem. Anytime. And thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, we've got two games this week. Uh, really looking forward to the game against Chelsea on the weekend. Hopefully we get to see a great crowd out in Sydney or anywhere else in Australia that you might be watching the game. Uh, and hopefully we can get the three points against Borough midweek. So until next time. Come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back because you're out.